This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. We are back again. Uh, Unfortunately, we missed last week. Sorry, everybody. Our schedules just would not allow us to record a What the Puck episode last week. I was busy working uh, the inauguration of Wes Moore. He's the new governor here in Maryland. Coach Dan, he's got kids so there's no free time there whatsoever but a sick kid and work yeah there you go so it's 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 just craziness all around this is what it's like uh but hey here we are we're back the uh the capitals are also back at sucking they have done just terrible (laughs) the last week and a half which is weird because Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson finally back in the lineup and then they start to go on a little slide so Joining me, as always, to talk all about it, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? Do you think, because we missed last week, that's where the uh, the poor play came from? Uh, you know, I'd like to... No, I would say I'd like to take credit for it, but I definitely don't want to take credit for it. But I think part of the issue is... Uh... To be fair, it started before we missed the show. Last that's true. Week. Oh, wait, no, did it? Yeah, yeah, because they lost to the Flyers. That first loss to the Flyers, anyways. I mean, they went what? What? They went two and five since we last talked. Not, not, not great, buddy. Yeah, the Caps uh, have not had a great January. Awesome December. Really great way to end the year. Great, great twenty twenty two ending, but terrible way to start the year. Twenty twenty three has not been kind to the team. Uh, really sloppy. That game in Vegas. Even TJ Oshie came out and said, "We're we're not." good enough to have a game like this it was an off night they definitely had an off night they admit it was an off night but if these guys want to make the playoffs they are running out of time we have already hit what 50 games this year there's not that many left you've done the majority of the games already it is go big or go home pretty soon here and i mean We've got a big break coming up in a couple days uh, in about a week but this is uh this is this is this is it. You know, the, the Caps, they need to get it together. They need to figure out their issues and fix them fast because the end of the season is approaching quickly. And if they're not careful, they're not going to be in the postseason. I mean, right now they are sitting fifth in the Metro. They're tied with the Pens, but the, the Penguins have played three less games. So this game coming up on Thursday, I'd say, it's, you know, it's pretty important. And um, they're the eighth seed right now as we saw went so well last year so yeah i mean there's they have just as good a chance of making the playoffs as they do not making the playoffs right now this team is so jekyll and hyde they're up and down all the time and december may be the reason that they have an opportunity to make the playoffs but there there's just as good an opportunity to to miss out if they're just going to make the assumption that everyone else is going to struggle i mean there was a talk about how they just have to do well enough in uh, while they're waiting for Backstrom and, and Wilson, who's now out again after blocking a shot, he didn't return in the game against Vegas. Um, I'm sorry, not Vegas, Colorado. And they're like, well, if we just play good enough to hang around, like that's not good enough. 
because that makes the assumption that other teams are going to suck, and that's just not the case. I mean, Boston's, like, running away with the league right now. I don't know. They've lost five games. And if you include overtime losses, it, they've lost nine games out of 47 games. That's insane. They like, Of the year? They've lost nine games this the year. year? They are 38, 5, and 4. Let's do, hang on. Let's do this. Let's do a fun thing in terms of how good Boston is right now. They have more wins than, no, I don't know if I'm going to get this right. Let me see. They have more wins than, I don't know where I was going to go. Like someone else's games played. I don't know where I'm going with that. They, they're just, they're very good. They have more wins than Anaheim, Columbus, and Chicago have points. Jeez. Like that's insane. They're tied with San Jose in terms of, they played, they've won 38 games and San Jose has 38 points. So that's just insane how good Boston's just like, bye, everybody. They have 80 points. The next best team, Winnipeg, has 63. No, wait, that's not right. Sorry, Carolina has 66, as well as New Jersey. I mean, you can't, and Toronto. You can't just, like, assume you're going to – so going back to the Caps. You can't assume that you're going to have the opportunity to make the playoffs just because you had a good month of December or just because you've been a good team for a, a long time now. Like, you have to keep playing well, and this is a team that is not – playing up to its potential and what they have on paper. And that's a problem. And I think they need to make some changes. And, you know, I don't think that's going to be, I think. Barring bringing back Barry Trotz. And that doesn't mean that it's like a, a foolproof plan. He's the only guy I can think of off the top of my head, but like, I don't feel like firing the coaching staff right now is going to make a big enough difference. I could be wrong. It's still what late January. There's still plenty of hockey left to play. They still got what? 30 something games left, 32 games left. And 32, so, yeah. There's definitely opportunities to turn this thing around, but who's the coach out there that's going to be able to do it that quickly? I think part of it is the roster. You have guys that aren't producing. I mean, I'm looking at the sta- the the stats, I should say, right now, and, you know, Mantha, yeah, he's high up on there. He's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's seventh on the team in points, but he's got 24 points in 46 games. Milano has, has got three less points than him, but he's played nine less games. Like, that's a problem. Why is that the case? Why is he getting a, a sweater fairly often? Why is he still on the roster? And when you're a guy that's making a significant amount of money, when you have a cap hit of 5.7, you have higher expectations. And while his cap hit is not necessarily his problem, his, his contract is not his problem, um, it's a reality of sports. And it's a reality of a sport that requires you to fit within a certain amount of money that you're allowed to spend on your team every year. And that's the reality of the NHL. And so if you aren't living up to the potential of what your contract is, then you got to go. Like you're not helping. You're handicapping this team right now. The other aspect is that their defense is struggling a little bit with the, because they're missing John Carlson. And, you know, some other guys are going to step up. But right now they had a good game, even though they lost. They played really well against Colorado. They really were in that game. A couple bounces go their way that, you know, maybe – didn't and we could be talking a little differently here but they didn't win that game and i do think this roster needs a little bit of a shake up and when's the trade deadline i always forget that number when is the trade deadline i don't know at march 3rd is the trade deadline at 3 p.m so they've got what just over a month to turn this around um in terms of if they want to make roster changes big roster changes i should say you know we've seen some rumors that the caps are entertaining offers for lars eller but they want a defenseman in return, knowing that Carlson's likely out for the season, if not assuming they make the playoffs, out for the playoffs as well. So as as hurt 
as much as that would hurt considering that Eller scored, you know, the greatest goal or most important goal in Caps franchise history, he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. And if you're not going to bring him back, let's get something for him. I'd love to get the kid from Arizona. Obviously, it's not going to be just a one-for-one kind of trade. You're going to have to add some other things to it. But that guy, he's a young guy. He's got, you know, top-pairing talent. He's going to be expensive, but you're going to have a truckload of cap space pretty soon because everyone on your defense right now is scheduled to need a new contract. And you got a couple of guys. If you move out Eller, if you move out Mantha, if you don't resign Dmitry Orlov, now you're freeing up some cap space. You know, does he take the spot that Orlov has in terms of sort of, you know, I think he's only 24 or 25, but he's been in the league long enough now that he could be considered a veteran. You know, I, I, clearly they're looking for defensive help with Carlson's injury. Are they looking for forward help? I don't know. We haven't seen anything about that, but I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. And... I think I think right now we have a plethora of forwards that we keep uh, sitting. Have... We we keep sitting guys out that are actually doing a... really well for the team. We have a plethora of bodies, but do we have a plethora of so like let's say Eller's not on the team, right? Being he's up the press box, traded, whatever. What's your top six? I want to see how close it is to mine. Or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. So I'm going, assuming he would like to play well. I'm going, and this is not the first person. For, and let's say everybody's healthy. I'm probably going Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson. This is, again, healthy and up to speed in terms of, like, NHL level. Uh, and then second line, I'm probably going, I'm thinking about this. Like, is it, who's on the left? Some combination of, like, Milano, Strome, yeah. and... Who would be on the right or the left side? Why am I blanking? I mean, it could be Oshi, but I kind of like the idea of like a, uh, maybe like a Marcus Johansson, Backstrom, Oshi third line. Or, so I, oh, Shiri. You could put Shiri with Milano and Strom or have Milano, Strom, Wilson and have Shiri back on the top line if he can keep producing. And then you've got these opportunities, flexibility. And then your fourth line, once he's back, you've got Dowd, Hathaway, and, you know, is it Abe Kubel, Protus? Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting someone right now. No, I got everybody in there. So there's opportunities for that there. You know, your protest. You're a little thinned out, but maybe you bring in a forward based off some of the trades you make at the deadline or beforehand. So this team has flexibility, but they got to get out. Well, they have a little bit of flexibility, not cap space. Flexibility in terms of guys they can move around, but you got to get out from under that Mantha contract because he's not a free agent at the end of the season. He's still got another year on his deal. And are you moving out Lars Eller? And then there's concern of center depth. You know, Dowd's out right now, so do they want to move Eller? You've got guys from the minors that you can call up that can play in the center spot. You know, you've got Alexi Protus, who I know he's a winger, but I believe he started as a center or played as a center previously in his career. So there's flexibility there in terms of what they can do, but they need to move some guys out and, you know, need to bring in some defensive help. And Protus, he actually did center a line, I believe, last night uh, in uh, in Colorado because Nick Backstrom was a, a, a last-minute scratch he he did not get to he he did not play I mean, the, do we know what happened to backstrom why he wasn't out there oh he was sick non-covid illness and listed as day-to-day so i mean that happens throughout the season where players get sick you know we used to see pre-covid used to see so-and-so was out with the quote-unquote flu all the time so those things are going to happen but i you know there's flexibility there's opportunities for this team here but what they have right now is not working, and I think that's part of the problem. And I think they're just sitting there with the assumption of, well, 
once we get Wilson and Backstrom back, like everything's going to be fine. And as we've seen, that's not necessarily the case because we can't just rely on those guys to turn up and, and just, you know, play, not play really well. That sounds harsh, but like we get to expect them to turn up and turn everything around. Like that's a lot of pressure on their shoulders. Like everyone else has to step up. And we've seen guys like Milano. We've seen guys like Strom that have. And then the other question is, is there no market for Mantha or other teams looking at it going, no, thank you. We're, we're good. We're not taking, I mean, it's only one more year on his deal. So I think they could get someone, but the question is, what are you getting in return? And is what you're getting in return going to be valuable enough? Is it another guy who's not producing as well and has a high contract? Doesn't really help you out. Is it for more years that that person may have a contract for? So I have to imagine they're working the phones, but I don't know. I have questions. I have questions about this roster. I have questions about some of the things that the players have been saying in terms of they just didn't show up to play as well. And I'm like, I question that. Like, I put that on not only the players because they're adults and they should, you know, be energized to play every night. But then I also put that on the coaching staff in terms of how they're able to, you know, get this team ready to go. I, if this season ends how it looks like it's going to end, there's going to be, I feel like there should be a bit of a shakeup this offseason. And that this cap scene, both coaching staff and players might look fairly pretty different next year obviously the the big concern and everything is on alexander ovechkin i think that yes they want to make the playoffs and go as far as they can but the big thing right now is to get him up to that gretzky uh goal count and to get him to be number one there so i think the coaching staff and everything that is what the um the focus is on i don't know if that's exactly the right thing it should be focused on i think it should be more of a team thing but Ovechkin is the center of the team and he's only got so many years left they really need to emphasize that he wants to get to that goal but also get another Stanley Cup I don't know what the these lines are going to look like because it looks like they're just due to injuries and babies being born and people being sick and and more and more injuries does Oshie need (laughs) it's just what number seven these uh these lines just go into a blender. It's like that Eve Six song, you know. It's like my heart in a blender. That's what happens. They're just gonna put them on a blender and see what comes out. So, uh, I like Ovechkin, Daniel Strom. I I think that Daniel Dylan Strom, um, that was wrong. Uh, so I think that the, those two together work really well. I think that's a smart move to have there. Uh, I'd like to see Tom Wilson be top line Tom again. I've been talking about it, though. I want to see Wilson and Mantha. I want to see them back together, see if that does affect Anthony Mantha's game in some way, unless you're reading the tea leaves and see that Mantha's not, you know, long for this team, and they're like, let's not even waste our time trying to get these two guys working together again because – it's not going to happen for very long. So I don't know what's what, what the plan is here, but it's, it, it sucks that we have, we've been waiting for so long, months and months and months of Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, finally they're back. And then Wilson gets hurt eight games into his, his season and Backstrom misses yet another game. And he, I think he had COVID last month or an illness last month as yeah, well. Yeah. No, he was out for COVID at one point. Yeah. Before he was even back. So like, I, drink your oj dude like i, I don't know like <laughs> i don't think orange juice helps you when it comes to covid <laughs> yeah I, that's true but like having those guys back it takes time to get acclimated to playing in an nhl game again like i get it but we don't have time for these guys to get acclimated you know we've only got 32 games left like you got to get out there guys you got to do your thing you got to be the stars that we know you can be because we need those w's right now 
I mean, they do. And the season's not getting any easier. It is in the immediate future in terms of It is of the, rough nice coming up in February. Like, after yeah, the I mean, All-Star game and the, the bye week, it is rough for this team. I mean, the question is, do you – and I don't know the rules regarding the bye week, but I imagine it's kind of like you're not allowed to have some practices certain days or something like that. But is that when you're looking to make some moves? No. I mean, have you seen over the last maybe four or five years, teams make moves, big moves usually, um, well ahead of the deadline. So you've got a better chance, I would imagine, that we see the bigger trades in February, obviously with the deadline being on March 3rd, I would say 13th to the 27th, 28th, are when we're going to see some bigger trades go down. When you might see an Eric Carlson or a Jacob Chukrin, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, and... That is when I, I I would think we might see some of those bigger trades go down. But as of you know, as of now, if I'm the Caps, I want to get some of these big trades if I can. I want to get them earlier because I need to get these guys acclimated to the system and ready to go. And we need points now. So the longer you wait to do that, the long the the, the later into the season the new guy will take to get acclimated to the team, to the city, to new teammates, to new system. And it just prevents you from being able to continue your progression. We know this team, at least at the beginning of the season, it's changed now. At the beginning of the season, it was one of the oldest teams in the league. I think second oldest only to the Penguins. So that clearly is an issue. We know injuries are an issue, so we need reinforcements, which they've been okay with. But they need to start making some moves. And if I'm the GM of this team, I'm making them now. Because I want to give my guys as much time as possible. I want to give my coaching staff as much time as possible to Get as many W's as we can get. I want to see what they can do. Because if I go into this offseason with another first-round exit, or I don't even make the playoffs, I'm cleaning house. At least with the coaching staff. And that is, like, like Brett Neely and Hart, the guys behind the scenes, like, not necessarily. But the guys on the bench, it's, it, we need a new crew. It's not working. And it's somewhat, you can see, I kind of I got rid of the screen back here, but, like, I have Arsenal up here. I was watching, um, I know you're not a European football fan, but I was watching, so last season, uh, the Amazon crew followed around Arsenal for the all or nothing uh, documentary that they do every year. Okay. And, and seeing a guy like Mikel Arteta, who's their manager, he's a younger guy. I think he's like my age. He's like 38 or something, maybe a little older than me, but he's a young guy. He's, he's energetic. Arsenal have the young, as of right now, they have the youngest team on average in the premier league of the 20 teams. And they're on top of the league, they're the top of the, the top team right now. And they have a lot of young guys, and they're energized, and they're motivated. And part of that is the coaching staff. And I know it's not a like-for-like like between European football, soccer, and hockey. But these guys, if the problem is they come out, they're like, well, we just we just didn't have it tonight, or we, we weren't uh, up to our normal game. Well, why is that the case? You know, in soccer, you only get one timeout. You only get one break between the, the first half and second half to talk to your players, to get them going again after the game has started. Hockey, not only do you have them on the bench where they're coming and going, but you get two intermissions to talk to them and hype them up. Why is this not happening? Or if it is happening, it's clearly not working. So something's wrong with this roster right now. And I think December, to an extent, was a smokescreen in terms of what this team really is. And what they are is average or an above-average team. This, I mean, standings don't lie. They show how many games you've won and how many games you've lost. And right now... They are an average team. In the entire NHL, they are 14th in terms of points. Tied for 13th with Pittsburgh. They're one up on Colorado, but they played four more games in Colorado, three more games at Pittsburgh. So 
to be fair, they're probably more 16, 17. Right around that spot. Actually, have they played the most games right now? Yeah, them in Los Angeles and Florida. That's so weird. Whoever made these schedules is crazy. Anyways, <laughs> they're an average team. Maybe not even above average. They're just average. Some nights they can play better than others, but they're an average team. Is this the team that we really the best team that we can put out there? They're not a rebuilding team. They're not a team of has-beens. They've got the, arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time. In the next few years, it might be not so arguably anymore. They've got Hall of Fame talent. They've got very good players. I don't even care about the all-star argument because the all-star games, you know, it's kind of a joke in terms of who gets in. This team should be better than they are. And the fact that they're not, the fact that they're average, to me, again, going back, like when we talked with uh, uh, Dan Homie from the Locked On podcast, the Locked On Capitals, I still think Laviolette, he's just not the right guy for this team. I want a guy that's got energy. I want a guy, you know what? Oh, I hate to say this because I don't like them and I don't like him because I think he's nuts. But I want a guy that's going to get fired up on the bench. I want Rod, Rod Brindamore type. Someone who's going to get there. He's loud. He's aggressive. He defends his team. I don't want a guy that is, is I, he just seems very bland to me. And I don't feel like this team has really progressed at all under his leadership. And just, it, it could, I, it's not he's a bad coach. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's what he's what the winningest or one of the winningest American born coaches in NHL history. It just might be a bad fit. You know, it's not a shot at him. It just is what it is. He just might be a bad fit for these players or for this organization for whatever reason. That's my take on it. I'm done ranting. <laughs> well, everything you said is, is true. We do have Alex Ovechkin on this team. We do have some really great caliber, hall of fame talent like, uh, T.J. Oshie and Nick Backstrom and and Tom Wilson and, and even Marcus Johansson to an extent like he's really coming to his own coming back to the Capitals. But we also have some really good young talents: Sonny Milano, uh, Alexia Protis, who I did not know was a giant. If you saw him in the uh, intermission again with smoking Al Coken, that he's dude is not short. Yeah. <laughs> well, although I believe Al Coken and I'm five eight on a good day, so I'm not saying I'm tall or anything. But, like, I think I'm taller than Al Koken, and I still would look like a tiny human next to – a lot of people would look like tiny humans next to Alexi Protus. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Albe Kubel, like, he came in, you know, picked him up on waivers. I, I don't know what he was expecting with his Capitals career here, but, you know, he, he's come in and – To get suspended in, like, the first five games. Yeah, but since then, he's he's done his job. He's, he has to, he's doing what he has to do. Uh, so he's doing – he's – He's getting the job done. So in all aspects, goaltending. I mean, the goaltending has been fantastic this season. You cannot complain about either guy, goalie one or goalie uh, A or goalie B. Both of them know their job. They're doing it well, and everybody's happy with those the, that, that duo we have there. So should they be winning more? Absolutely they should. Is there an issue here? I, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is, but I don't have confidence in this team. In years past, I would tune in to every game and go, yeah, this team's going to win this one tonight, or, or this is going to happen, that's going to happen. This team, you tune in and you're like, you hold your breath because you don't know what's going to happen. It could go either way. Like, it's that's that's kind of the way I describe it every game. Well, they're down three points, but they could come back. They might not. They could. I don't know. So it, it really is just, just trying to figure out what they're going to do and what's going to motivate them and, and what the – 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. It's... I don't think you can go bold with any moves right now. Right? Like, I think in the offseason, and what I what I mean by bold is you trade a big-name guy. And to be I don't count Anthony Mantha in that because he's not a top-six player on this team right now. But if it doesn't work out, I think they need to shake things up pretty bit, uh, pretty good. And that might mean moving out someone to bring in someone new that can play on the top six. Like, do you move out Evgeny Kuznetsov? Do you move out? Do you do you make a move to to bring someone in in the top six that can really produce? Do you go back and make that Troy Brower for TJ Yoshi type trade? And that was what that was a midseason trade, right? The Oshi for Brower one, I believe, was a midseason trade. So like, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, because he uh, he was at rookie camp signing autographs. And they didn't have a, a picture for him in a Caps jersey yet. Oh, it was at the 2016 NHL entry draft is when they made that trade. Yep. I could have sworn that was during the season. Anyways, do you make that type of trade? Because the, the concern about making a big trade now is it potentially harms you, right? Because a new guy takes time to acclimate, but you've lost a big-name player. But if you move out a guy that's not producing or not doing as well or is further down your depth chart, then it doesn't – it doesn't hurt you in the same way. But what they have right now is not good enough for a team that wants to make a deep run in the playoffs. If they legitimately can sit there in their, you know, if you're the front office staff, if you can sit at your desk in your office and say, yeah, we want to make a deep run. Then this team is clearly, there's nothing that has shown you, even during December, there's nothing that has shown you that they can go out and compete with the top teams. I mean, given the way Boston's going, I think nobody can compete with them right now. But there's nothing that shows you that this is a team that's going to make it out of the first round or even make it to the first round. They're an above, maybe above average team. And I get it. Like there's 32 teams and only one wins the cup every year. And like, I get all of that, but give yourself an opportunity to do something. At least the year they won the cup. They, there was, we saw signs of possibility. We're not seeing it this season. I don't know. Maybe other people are seeing something and I'm not, but I'm just, I'm having a real hard time finding a reason to go, okay, I, I think they've got something here. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I did last year. It, it, if they do make it, it'll be an early exit. But they've got 32 games to, to right the ship, and that's what they got to do. And that's 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 your timetable. You've got till April. It's the end of January now. You've got till April to figure this all out. But uh, before we get out of Caps World, I do want to ask you – what did you think of the Caps game in Arizona in that tiny rink watching it on TV? Cause I actually like, I really enjoyed it. It felt like we were on top of the ice. It, uh, I don't know. It, it felt, uh, it felt more intimate, I guess. It was cool. Uh, I mean, I think it's silly in the sense of like, this is a national, this is the top league in the world. And one of their teams is playing in a rink that is 5,000 people can fit in. Like that, that's, that's let that's smaller than ECHL arena. Some of them actually, I think all of them. Yeah. This is very intriguing to me. And I, they brought this up on caps this morning when that game was happening, uh, that they have a student section for the university, but they also, every other ticket is like $260. So the people that are in there are rowdy college students who are just there to have a good time. And then people that really, really, really like their team and are willing to spend $500 for a pair of tickets. So you've either got like rabid uh, coyote fans or you've got the visiting team that has a, their own cheering section. So 
they're saying like the the crowd is becoming a real factor for these games played at the mullet because some people can't hear themselves because these are the fans that aren't there like on a business trip or they're not there just to kind of hang out. They're there to see hockey and they're vocal about it too. And you know, a lot of the times you go to sporting events and there's club level and there's this and there's that. And there's people that aren't really there. They're there to get drunk or they're there to impress a colleague or something like that. And you can notice that it, after intermission of certain periods at Capital One Arena, the first like five, six rows around the glass are empty and halfway through the period. Uh, but you don't get that for Arizona games. So I don't know. It was kind of fun. It, it was like people were there literally were there to watch hockey and, and they were enjoying themselves. And you could tell it came through on the broadcast. I mean, it's definitely like, I remember I've gone to a few games at the old Mellon area. Uh, I've, I've friends that were uh, Penguins fans. And so we go up to Pittsburgh and um, I went to, I think I saw him lose the flyers and I forget what else. Uh, oh, a game against Buffalo. I forget who won. Anyways. And so, you know, Mellon Arena was a bit of a dump, but because it it felt very close, right? And I kind of feel like it's similar to very interestingly named Mullet Arena in Arizona, where it's just like it's very everybody feels like they're right on top of each other, they're on top of the ice. So I imagine it's very loud. They got a bit of home ice advantage. Apparently, Arizona's done quite well at home, but pretty garbage on the road. And you know that's beneficial. And I feel like. Well, Verizon Center Capital One, they made a mistake in terms of how they designed it because if anybody leans forward in any of the upper bowl seats, you, the people behind you can't see the ice, which is super annoying. Um, given it's I, I actually was at dinner in Ocean City around the holidays, and a guy came up to me because I was wearing my Carlson jersey and told me stories about he was one of the guys that – one of the electricians that built the uh, Capital One arena. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was telling me all kinds of stories and that like the last beam that went up to the ceiling, everyone that worked on the construction site signed it. So their names are actually in the ceiling of the uh, of the arena. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's very interesting. I just think it's a bit it's just it's so typical of the NHL that they didn't plan ahead. In terms, like, yes, it's going to work out, and then it sounds like everything's going to go, and Arizona's going to get their new, you know, rink in a couple of years. But it's just, it's so typical of the NHL that they're playing in a, a a rink that is smaller than a number of ECHL teams, like the minor of the minor leagues. Yeah, it's ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, anything else we should talk about here in Caps World? Uh, I think, well, the last little bit of news, Ovechkin, he's a bit upset with the team right now. I, I don't know if you saw this. He's pretty mad. Um, they, uh, they had their last game in the reverse retros and he, uh, he wants them back next year. So I agree we'll with see, him. We'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what happens in that, that big situation that they got going down with the team right now. I, it, last year's the last season Adidas and NHL are partnering. Do you think they're going to do one more time? Have the reverse retros? I mean, these things are selling like hotcakes. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, I think it would be cool. I want to see, because how would they do it now, right? Like, they kind of did, there was reverse retro. Was it really a reverse retro? Because they didn't reverse anything. They just, like, mix it up a little bit. Like, what would they do? I want to see the, the black, blue, and the bronze with the old script logo. 
I don't know if it would look good, but oh, I think it'd be interesting. interesting. Right? Yeah, so that, that would be reverse retro. You take the old you take the, the sort of the older colors with the oldest the vintage logo and see how that looks. And maybe they design and they're like, never mind, we'll not do that. Yeah, I figured so. they would do the dome logo in red, white, and blue. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. That I might have to buy. That would be pretty awesome. So see, we'll I, see, I got I got a reverse retro for Christmas, and now that they're already done with them, like I didn't even get to wear one to a game. Like I'm I'm bummed it's already over. Well, you can always wear one to a game. I know, but like I like to match it's the team. Like a, it's like a guy with the It's like do you do you plan what you're going to wear to the game based on what they're wearing? Yes, you don't do that? No, I just pick whatever jersey I want to wear that night. Come on. I mean, I wear a Caps jersey. I mean, I have a bunch of, like, currently, as you can see, I'm wearing a Quebec Nordiques jersey. But I, I, you know, sometimes I'll wear red. Sometimes I'll wear white. This is back when I used to be able to go to games. Um, I got to go to one soon, although they're so expensive. Uh, you know, sometimes I'd wear the old black jersey. I remember one time I was wearing a, um, I think I told you, sorry, I had the Cali Johansson one. And someone was like, hey, the wrong, he's the wrong number of Marcus Johansson on his back. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're clearly a newer fan. Um... You know, I have sort of the vintage white I can I can rock from time to time. So I you know, I switch it up in terms yeah. of what I feel like wearing that night. I have the old Bondra. I have since retired wearing that one. Um, didn't have the greatest of luck in that jersey. Maybe I'll bring it back. I also am always worried I'm going to spill something on that one. So yeah. I tend to not wear that to games. I mean, of course, I like wearing the blue. That's my favorite one, the W blue one. That's the best. But now that I have the reverse retro, that's in there too. But I've got I've got the red, the Stanley Cup champion patch one. So those are the ones I do. Those are the ones I wear. And usually, if, if depending on what the team was wearing, that's the jersey I would wear. But I don't know. Now you're making me feel weird that I do that. <laughs> well, I mean, you're more than welcome to. I just didn't know that. <laughs> it also kind of limits you in terms of what you can wear to a game because, like, you're never unless you're going to go to a game at an away rink, you're never going to be able to wear like. Yeah, I don't think I, I I have the I have the winter classic. The first winter classic that became our third jerseys, the white ones. I have that as a mm -hmm. white jersey, but I don't have yeah, an away too. jersey. I have one or two of the away jersey whites. I don't, I don't even like the away whites that much. Yeah. But they're okay. Well, is that it for what's going on in Caps World? Uh, yeah, man. I think so. All right. That's so all that's, I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. That's all I got. All right, well, if that's it for what's going on in Caps World, now let's go down on the farm. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Let's start in Hershey, as we always do, where the Bears went 3-1 and one with two wins over Springfield and one over Belleville. They're currently first in the Atlantic Division with 57 points, three up on second place Providence. Now they're back at it tonight, that being Wednesday in Lehigh Valley. They then play the Baby Flyers away again on Saturday before hosting Bridgeport on Sunday at the Giant Center. Going down to South Carolina where the Stingrays went three and three with wins over Savannah, Jacksonville, and Atlanta. They're currently second in the South Division with 50 points. One back of first place Florida, though Florida has played two more games than the Stingrays. Now they're back at it tonight as well in Florida, where they will hang out and play the Everblades again on Friday 
and Saturday. Nice little extended trip to, uh, where do they play? Jacksonville, maybe? No, they play, where do they play? Where do the Florida, Florida Everglades play? Fort Myers. That's what's going on down at the farm. Now, Brandon, let's go around the NHL and beyond. everybody here we go we're going around the nhl and beyond lots of stuff going on coach dan catch us all up what's going on around the nhl and beyond let's start in vancouver where the canucks embarrass not only themselves but the nhl and how they treated now former head coach bruce boudreau who they fired this past sunday after talking about looking for a new head coach for months that was a horrible way to treat a head coach but a lot of credit to him he was a uh, as you would expect from Boudreaux stand-up guy about the whole thing he knew what was going on and kept going to work every day players had his back and kudos to the fans for celebrating him and what ended up being his last game as part of the organization but the Canucks shame on you for the way you treated him yeah th- th- they that ended was up just, hiring was... Rick Tockett but it was an embarrassment yeah, that was terrible, and the fans knew this was going to be uh, Bruce's last game, so they did another chant of Bruce, there it is. But he hasn't been in Vancouver long, right? Has it been – was this a season and a half? Year? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think he came in during the 2020 season or halfway through because he was working uh, with the Caps pregame show for a while, and then he stopped doing that because he got the head coach job. So not a lot of time for this guy. He he came in and was doing really good with Vancouver. They haven't had a great season, and – they put all the blame on Bruce, but terrible way to take the guy out the way they did. I mean, it was an embarrassment. And to be able to yeah. treat him like that was just ridiculous. Uh, you know, he's, it sounds like he's heading back to Hershey. I think he put it, he and his wife have their forever home there. I'd love for them to get him back on the Caps broadcast. He was brilliant. At that. He was. He was. Uh, have him in there. You know, it's going to be hard to get him to come down from Hershey all the time, but maybe not. You know, get him on Zoom or something. Yeah. Have him come in, you know, set up him up with some equipment in his basement or somewhere in his you know, I'm sure he's got a big enough house. He's probably got an office in there. You know, set him up in there uh, and have him join the show that, uh, you know, post-game, pre-game shows that way. But, I mean, that would be – that's just – that's money right there. For me, I think that's a great plan. Yeah. But let, let's head over to the NHL's leading team in Boston where the Bruins signed winger Pavel Zaka to a – don't know if I said that name right – four-year, $19 million deal cap. It comes to $4.75 million. Minnesota signed Matt Boldy to a 49 – uh, 49 million seven year extension it's a seven million annual cap hit i know it's been a while but we have some fines to announce over this past week because you know everybody decided to behave themselves until this past week or two weeks as tampa's mikhail sergachev was fined five thousand dollars for roughing vancouver's connor garland by the way real quick cutting off topic here did you see that video of a, a news reporter trying to talk about the canucks and how they compl- the canucks yeah, and I can't remember how they pronounce Boudreaux's name, but I was like, oh, just like try. At least you and I do a little bit of research when we remember in terms of how to pronounce like cities and things ahead of time, or if we admit that we're not even close. There, there was a. There, I was working at a local station here in Baltimore many years ago, and there was a guy auditioning, and they were having him go through the sports and everything, and he said Washington Capitals, Matt Matthew Peralt. And I'm in the control room, and I'm like, his name is Perot. 
that's not even how you say the guy's name. And I, I literally was shushed. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't even think that's how you would pronounce it if you're trying to do it phonetically. Yeah. There's a U in there. Getting back to it, Florida head coach Paul Maurice was fined $25,000 for making inappropriate comments against officials during a post-game press conference. And Montreal's Mike Matheson was fined $5,000 for interfering with Florida's Eric Stahl. Now, speaking of people doing dumb things, did you see Bettman's comments about how no teams tank? I mean, I, I, did, think not, just I did not see that. So he came out and says teams don't tank. I, I think we just got evidence that he doesn't actually watch any games <laughs> since ever. Like, yeah, some teams do kind of try and tank. They have a fire sale. They're trying to be bad because they need to rebuild. Otherwise, right. it's kind of a version of tanking that you're trying to not be good because you want a better shot at that first pick or a high, you know, t- t- top pick. Um, so, yeah, Bedman, you're dumb. Moving on, Steven Stamkos became the 47th NHL player to score 500 goals after he scored back on January 19th. It was nice of Ovechkin. He was part of the video package congratulating him. Congratulations, Steven Stamkos. I still hate you because you play for Tampa. True. In international women's hockey news, uh, what seems to be an annoying trend we got going on here as Team USA won the bronze medal in the IIHF U18 Women's World Championship, defeating Finland in a shutout 5 0. Canada got a shutout of their own, doubling up that score after they defeated Sweden 10 to nothing to win the gold. Final two games of the rivalry series between the USA and Canada's women's hockey teams have been announced. The final two games will take place, the first one being on February 20th in, I hope I'm doing this right, everybody, Trois-Rivières in Quebec, and February 22nd in Laval, also being in Quebec. You can watch both of those games on the NHL Network. Currently, the U.S. leads the series 3-2, to two, but as we've seen, they will somehow end up getting a bronze, even though there's only two teams in this tournament. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to. And finally, the IIHF has announced the schedule for the Women's World Hockey Championship. The 31-game tournament begins on April 5th, with France facing Finland, U.S. will face Japan, and host Canada will be up against Switzerland. The Czech Republic, Germany, Hungary, and Sweden will each begin their tournament play on the 6th of April. Quarterfinals will be on April 13th, with the semifinals set for the 15th. And then the tournament comes to a close on the 16th with the 5th place game, followed by the bronze, which the U.S. has already won, silver and gold medal games. I'm going to keep going with that joke because it's funny to me. That's what's going on around the NHL and beyond. All right, guys. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking about all kinds of things related to the Washington Capitals, the Arsenal Football Club, brilliant win over the weekend, 90th minute goal from Eddie and Ketia. What a play by Zinchenko. Over to Odegaard. Ketia, goal. Brilliant. Uh, you also find me on there talking about the Bills and how disappointing an end to their season came. It's one thing to lose. It's another to lose looking so badly and that they just could not. Nothing could click in that game. It was ridiculous. Props to the Bengals for playing a good game. Although Eli Apple, that guy's a, a he's I, yeah, I don't like him. Not because he's a good player, because I don't like the things he was tweeting out afterwards. To, you know, kind of potentially bringing in a guy who had a, a heart, essentially a heart attack on the field. Like, that's not OK. I'm also on there occasionally talking about the Commanders and how Dan Snyder doesn't want to sell his team to Jeff Bezos, who would instantly become the richest man 
uh, owner, I should say, in the National Football League. And the only good thing about Bezos is that he might actually pay for a new stadium himself as opposed to having it go through taxpayer dollars. But uh, another, not conspiracy, but one thing they've been talking about in regards to the commanders is that they would sell the facility, their practice facility in Virginia, because that would make them bank. They would turn FedEx Field, and obviously they have to do something to the stadium, into their practice facility, and then they would build a new stadium on the RFK site. So something I read, this was years ago, I read that when FedEx Field was designed, it was designed to be able to be taken down and turned into like, I don't know if it was like housing or like an entertainment complex. The Prince George's like athletic center performance center is like right next door as well. So as part of the plan was that eventually you'd be able to turn back over to the County. Um, that would be cool with me having the practice facility in Landover and then the, the stadium back at the RFK site. I know the people who live around RFK won't be thrilled, but having the team back in the city limits, I think would be great, but that's uh, somehow finding me on Twitter at WTP coach Dan. But Hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash what the puck pot is where we post when new shows are coming out as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, who I guess they're getting uh, their one of their owners back in Bruce Boudreaux. Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. But Brandon, we, I was talking about football a few moments ago. The Bills weren't the only team, apologize for this, getting knocked out of the playoffs recently. But if someone happens to be a fan of a uh, purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a certain podcast they should check out? That's right. If you want to listen to a podcast about a team that actually put up a fight against the Bengals, you can listen listen to my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh literally just recorded an episode right before I got on here to talk to Dan. So we have a new show coming out pretty soon to discuss the end of the Baltimore Ravens season and what to do about Lamar's contract. Now, this show we do for free, and you listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, and then let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Hive and discord everywhere else your social on the web or with your phone say i'm a washington capitals fan i listen to what the puck and you should too so that is it until we talk again let's go over the shows until we talk again on thursday january 26 those pesky penguins come to town they will be in dc that game's at seven o'clock you can watch that one locally on nbc sports washington then on sunday January 29th, the Capitals are in Toronto up against the Maple Leafs. That game's at 5 o'clock. You can watch that one on the NHL Network or on NBC Sports Washington locally. And then on Tuesday, January 31st, January comes to a close in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. That game's at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on NBC Sports Washington. All right, Coach, big games coming up. We got two in the division until we talk again, these games become more and more important as we get closer and closer to the end of the season. Hopefully the Caps can come away with a couple wins here. And hopefully, as we've said in the past, this is a four-point game against Pittsburgh. And when we say four-point game, we mean two points for us, none for them. So it keeps them even farther away from the Capitals. So that's why this game is so important. They are right on the heels of the Caps. And there's always a good rivalry game there pens versus caps that is it for the show this week everybody say it loud say it proud
Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com. Thank you.